0: Are you ready, Christine? I'm ready. Are you ready, Ma? I am. Let's go.
1: Well, I had to look this up. This could have oh, yeah, been. Yeah, where are we going? I have this, no idea. Where are we? It could have been anywhere, USA. It happened to be Los Angeles. It
0: looked a little oh. LA to me. It so, was. Yeah, some of the storefronts. I'm I've Been along some of these uh what are they avenues these long streets in the valley and some of these storefronts kind of look the same I'm like huh that's old timey Mm -hmm. not a lot but a a little a warm-hearted impoverished blind
1: white young woman falls Mm -hmm. in love with a kind man who she later learns is black but. She refuses to make an issue of their racial differences. This week we are doing <clears throat> 1965's A Patch of Blue. Thank you, Sidney Poitier.
0: Patagillas? A Patch of Blue was released on December 10th, 1965. The producer is paying Pandro S. Berman, who also produced Father of the Bride, Butterfield 8, Blackboard Jungle, and Jailhouse Rock, to name a few. Mm. It was produced, written, and directed by Guy Green. He started out as a cinematographer and won the Oscar for cinematography for Great Expectations. He also directed The Angry Silence, The Mark, and Light in the Piazza. It's based on the 1961 novel... Be Ready with the Bells and Drums by Elizabeth Kata. She is an Australian woman. It was republished as A Patch of Blue in 1961 um, because this movie was going to be made. And in real life, um, she was married to a Japanese pianist, Shinshiro Katayama, in 1937. And they lived in Japan during the war. And then she left Japan in 1947. Um, And she had to fight with Australia to get back into the country with her son. Because uh, Australians don't play when it comes to immigration. And these two are dying laughing. What's going on here? Did you not hear? She
2: wanted to clear her throat, but she thought she pressed the button and did it the mute button and so then she, she went and cleared her throat
0: oh yes around when I said that she was married in 1937 to the Japanese pianist uh-huh. mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just look up and they're just <laughs> dying laughing
1: because Christine's just shaking her head in that way that you and Adam are
0: so accustomed to doing <laughs> Oh, The music is by Jerry Goldsmith, who also did Chinatown, Patton, Gremlins, Torah Tora, Tora, Total Gremlins. Recall. Yeah, and, a, and he did Tora, Tora, Torah and Total Recall, and a bunch of Star Trek films. This guy did so many movies. He's one of the all-timers. Uh, director of photography is Robert Burks. He was the special effects photographer on Arsenic and Old Lace. Ah. Mm -hmm. And he was also a cinematographer on The Music Man. He was most known for his work with Alfred Hitchcock. He did Rear Window, The Man Who Knew Too Much, Vertigo, To Catch a Thief, and The Birds, just to name a few. And the editors, Rita Rowland, who also did Sybil, Ford apache the bronx and a piano for mrs camino Mm. starring the great sydney portier as gordon ralph he was about 38 when this movie was filmed he was also in a raisin in the sun guess who's coming to dinner uptown saturday night which are Mm -hmm. all movies that we've done um And then to lead up, to put this in uh, perspective of where he was in his career. So he had already done Blackboard Jungle and The Defiant Ones and Porgy and Bess and A Raisin in the Sun and Lilies of the Field. And then after this, he would go on to direct Uptown Saturday Night, Stir Crazy and Ghost Dad, which I didn't realize... I know we did Uptown Saturday Night, so I must have looked at it, but I just didn't realize that he did Stir Crazy and Ghost Dad. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, Nerd alert. He was with Diane Carroll in real life from 1959 to 1965. So around like during this time, he's going home to Diane Carroll. What a beautiful couple. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Um, and if you don't remember, Diane Carroll was in Carmen Jones, and she's probably most famous for being Julia. I think she was Julia. the first black woman to star in a television show.
1: Yes. And so, she
0: played a nurse. hmm Big time. And yes. One of the all-time beauties. Um, so I was just like, wow, what a couple. I know. Oh, man. Um, Shelly Winters as Roseanne Darcy. She was around 45 at this time. She was in The Night of the Hunter and Harper, two movies that we've done. Mm -hmm. She was also in The Diary of Anne Frank and A Place in the Sun and The Poseidon Adventure. Um, Nerd Alert. She delighted in giving provocative interviews and seemed to have an opinion on everything. Yes. In real life. Uh, Elizabeth Hartman played Selena Darcy she was around 22 at this time she was also this was her film debut she was also in You're a Big Boy Now The Beguiled, Walking Tall and The Group Uh, this is a sad nerd alert which I have more in Tasty Nuggets but she suffered from depression her whole life and her life ended when she jumped out of a window in 1987
1: oh my goodness
0: yeah there's, there's more on that later. Um, Wallace Ford was Old Paw. He was around 67. This was his last film. He was also in Spellbound, Shadow of a Doubt, Harvey. Um, Ivan Dixon as Mark Rolf. That was Gordon's brother. He was also in A Raisin in the Sun, Car Wash, Porgy and Bess. Perry Mason. Hogan's Heroes is probably what he's most famous for. Oh, okay. And... He um, was Sydney Poitier's stunt double in The Defiant Ones. Wow. Which I like that little tidbit because then you kind of know that that's, that's probably how he got into more things. You know, being with, like, Sydney Poitier was a, a man who brought others through the door with him. Uh-huh. Um, he also directed television episodes of The Waltons, The Rockford Files, and Magnum P.I. And a lot of other oh. television shows. Uh, Elizabeth Frazier as Sadie. She was in The Man Who Came to Dinner, All My Songs, Perry Mason and Gunsmoke. So (laughs) she was big in the Bush household over Christmas break because I had the Perry Mason on lock and my grandma had the Gunsmoke on lock. That's her (laughs) Gunsmoke. John Quallen as Mr. Faber. Mr. Faber so that the guy that played Mr. Faber he was Norwegian and specialized in Scandinavian roles which I thought was interesting because Mr. Faber did not strike me as a Scandinavian man in this film. In any way I I just I got a heavy Jewish vibes from yeah. Mr. Faber so maybe that's shame on me. He was also in His Girl Friday, Casablanca, Anatomy of Murder, The Grapes of Wrath and the man who shot Liberty Valance. To name a few, this guy was in so many movies and there, like so many really good movies wow. with his Scandinavian self. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the particulars. He did not look like a Skarsgård. No, I don't think that he was playing Skarsgård. That's why now I'm like, wait a second. Is this Is this me being weird or is this the 60s being weird? My money's on the 60s. Well, because the 60s were weird.
1: Let me set the table. Selena, an 18-year-old blind girl, cooks and cleans for her toxic sex worker mother and her alcoholic grandfather, who share a small one-bedroom apartment. That
2: was uncomfortable. Gotta say, I did not realize, I did not get the sex worker part. Oh,
0: okay. Really? I don't know if I just wasn't paying enough attention or what. <laughs> I think I think the Hayes Codes pulled one on you. A slick yeah. One. Sure did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. got me. You
1: thought that. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> More later. She meets a kind man who comes to her rescue. He happens to be black. They strike up a friendship. What could go wrong? Uh, yeah, in the middle of the 60s. Yeah. Nothing to see here. So um, I did my POC count. I did rewind a couple times times um, for street scenes and such looking ah. for any other person of color. Did anybody see any other than Sydney? Well, I counted three
0: because there's his brother. So there's Gordon oh and Mark. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yes. But then I did the same thing. So I'm like, well, that's two. But then I put a three plus because I just assumed that there were people on the streets. But I, I felt like the woman watering
1: her plants outside the stoop. But then I looked at it the third time and went, no, I don't think so. She kind of looked like the old lady on um, 227
0: who used to hang out the window. But oh, yeah. Um, not, not nearly as funny. No. Yeah. I mean, but there's like two, but they're, you know, the main character and the, so at least like black people are acknowledged to exist in this film.
1: Because it's kind of the whole reason for the film. So, <laughs> the point the film. <clears throat> but cast is going on Ooh. through the entire thing. Yeah. We got I a mean, lot of it. Yeah the the blind girl because
0: her mother blinded her. Well, yeah. Um, there's the yeah the a, so ableism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go on. Oh, and then so okay. I have so I have ableism. They tell her that her fate, her her family that she does. They tell her that her face is disfigured. Um, so I was doing because in this movie there you see the flashback of how she got blinded and her mom picks up a bottle and throws it. And so when I thought, I just thought that the bottle, I guess she just got hit in the eye with the bottle, and maybe the yeah. glass. But then I was reading about in the book, it said that her mom picked up, a. it was acid that she was going to th- throw at the husband. And Yeah. got that around. Yeah. Like, but, but then there was another description that says she got blinded by her mom was throwing boiling water at the husband. So in any event, okay. I feel like her face was supposed to probably maybe be more disfigured and that that kind of gets into another, I guess maybe an ableism of Hollywood and stuff that you can't, um you know like you you can't make her what if she was disfigured yeah yes exactly exactly and then that goes into my whole thing especially because there's that scene where she is daydreaming in the park Mm -hmm. and then i thought like did they recast somebody or was she like in makeup because she was Definitely, I think, made to be like, think how like that she was beautiful in her own daydream. And so Mm -hmm. when we see her daydream, we see her as an ideal of beauty, which is a Western European Mm -hmm. idealization of beauty. So I thought that that was interesting. And she would be able to see people's features by, you know, touching their faces and stuff. But then I thought it would be interesting because how would she know what the ideal beauty is? Like, she mm-hmm. wouldn't, because she she wouldn't exactly have felt a whole bunch of faces because her she was locked inside. So it, it was how, you know, would she even, like, could she feel that she was disfigured? Anyway, so then I also have the ableism of when Paul tells her, because she asked what the grass is and he's like, it's green, stupid. Like, green is green, stupid. And so at this point, I'm like, she's blind. We don't know, I don't know her backstory at that point. How is she supposed to know what green is? Mm-hmm. Stupid? Like, he's the stupid one. She's. If you've never seen green, how are you going to know what green is? Um. And that made me think of Wait Until Dark, which came out in 1967. So I was like, two years down, but it was very interesting because she wasn't, she was just locked away in her house. Didn't have any education. She didn't even know that Braille existed. So let alone having a walking cane to go out right. and about. Um, then I have the cast of like, I'm um, well, imagine if Gordon was the blind one and this was reversed, but he would have been shot for being in the park. So the movie <laughs> would have been very short loitering yeah just done um i think the the movie so gordon he's the educated black man and selena she's illiterate white woman um the movie's message is love is blind but someone's got to (laughs) be aware of their surroundings you know and that's like then it just falls on gordon's shoulders because gordon's like uh Gordon has empathy. He has empathy, but he also like knows it's 1965. That's why his favorite word is tolerance. Like right. she gets the luxury of having her favorite word be friend, and he's like, mine's tolerance. Um, because if she you can't Google- see
1: she can't see the looks of the people as they're walking. Mm-hmm. You
0: know the disgusted looks. If you Google the poster for the film, I thought that the po- most there's a three different kinds of posters most of the poster is selena under her tree and it's just a thumbnail picture of sydney portier in the lower left hand corner wow at this time sydney portier is like he is the main star of the film when this movie comes up it's sydney portier you know and it just completely diminishes him there's another one where Um, it's the Selena and Cindy Portier is in her like, uh, sunglasses lens. And then there's the picture, which no way could this get shown as a movie, movie exec said, we've lost Alabama for this poster was when the blind Selena had her hands on Portier's face. face. Yeah. Um, and to go into what the, again, the movie exec said, we've lost Alabama MGM cut out the kissing scene for the South. Yes. Heaven forbid they should kiss.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Christine, any others? Um,
2: uh, they talk about socioeconomic issues as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: A little bit. Not to get into that too much, but there was a reason she didn't know at all of those things, because she could still be kept in the dark, because she didn't have access to anything, anything except the radio. Yeah, maybe yeah. the radio, but yeah. And
1: I did like that the brother was an intern. You know, like he wasn't a janitor or you know a typical mm-hmm. in the 60s job for a, a person of color. And so they did throw that bone in there.
0: And we there was a scene that showed um Gordon Sidney Portier's character in his job, which is he had a night office job and he mm-hmm. was um working they and, assumed publishing. Yeah. And he was a reporter,
2: a night reporter. Mm. Oh, okay. That's what I read. He was not a marketer, as I thought.
1: Oh, thank God. Oh. Although, if Sidney Poitier's voice came up, you might talk to him a little bit. I mean, you got to let him down gently because you're not going to buy it. But just talk to me a little bit more. Not really. I I cut him off. Cut him off at the (laughs) knees.
0: So we are to nerd alert. Oh, man. Ladies, 1965. Buckle up. All right. So Lyndon Baines Johnson is sworn in for his first full term because he won an election. He actually Uh, won an election, yeah. Winston Churchill dies in January of 1965. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah, what an end of an era there. Malcolm X is assassinated in New York City. Ooh. Hmm? Bloody Sunday occurs. That was the March on Selma. And at this point, I would like to point out, because Shelley Winters, although she does win an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress in this film... Um, she is on celluloid (laughs) using the N word. So that's not going to really be a great reheatable for her. So I would like to point out to everyone that Shelly Winters was an ally. She was about that life. She was at Selma. She addressed the crowd at Selma, marched with them, um, like, yeah, she addressed the marchers, like, you know, the night before they went on their march and stuff. So I just wanted to point out that she felt very uncomfortable about she this did. role. She did.
1: Hated, she hated it, and yet she took it, and yet she won an Academy Award for it. But mm-hmm. that's the conundrum of being an actress. She, she, she became that character, but it wasn't who she and her values were as a mm-hmm. person. And
0: it's an interesting thing of, like, acting and stuff. There's so, like, nicole kidman was like that's a line i'm not crossing ah, i'm not saying the n word mm-hmm. and you, you kind of get it because that's going to be on yeah. film you know like you're always going to have that so pe- there are a lot of people who probably don't know who shelly winters is and if this is their they're watching oh, a, yes. a like this movie because Cindy portier's death they're gonna be like yo Yo, and just, just know she was acting. Like she 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 did like she showed up when she needed she to show up.
1: She did. And she used that that
0: screechy voice
1: mm-hmm. for you know, good. She
0: she like we said, like I said earlier, she had she was a woman who had opinions and made them known. Um <laughs> uh, 1965, like all year, Vietnam is just heat heat, heating yes, up. Certainly was. I Can't Get No Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones oh, yeah. is released. Oh. That was like a new song, man. Oh, my gosh. Bob Dylan went electric and folk music purists lost their shit. <laughs> they got so mad. Um, the Social Security Act of 1965 is passed. That established uh, Medicare and Medicaid.
1: The voting. Thank you,
0: thank you very much. Now we'll see who takes it away, but right now well, I, I'm grateful. Yeah, I, I hope everyone enjoys it. That's why I got to start stacking my stacking my paper because <laughs> none of that's gonna be around. Not. <laughs> I just, I mean, that takes us into the Voting Rights Act of '65, which um, it you know it it made it so that people would. Like that was what Selma was all about voting rights because there used to be literacy tests and now the goalpost keeps moving because they keep twirling their little mustaches and coming up with devious other tricks to disenfranchise and suppress votes. And so it needs to be re-upped. It need, like the it, only way it, the
1: Republicans are getting elected is by suppressing the vote.
0: So. Yeah, it, it can't be a, oh, we we did it in 65 and that's it. No, because they did other things. Like it's, uh, you know. Yeah, dialing it back. Um, the Watch Rebellion happened in Los Angeles. Uh, I'm reading a book about the history of Los Angeles, and it stops in 1990, right before Rodney King. and It really is interesting because you're just like, just the tension that was leading up to it. It's like, oh my gosh, no wonder the city exploded. And in the Watts Rebellion, it was the same kind of thing. People had had enough of police mistreatment. The LAPD had actively, at that time, they had actively recruited KKK members to be in the police Um, and they wanted, they were tired and wanted to end discrimination in housing, employment in the school system. And it all came to a boil when police pulled over a motorist and started beating on him. And Watts was like, we're not going to have it right now. It was the same thing that happened in the nineties and the same thing that happened in 2020 and the same thing that's going to happen in the future. Um, The St. Louis Gateway Arch was opened. In 65. Wow. Yeah. And on November 8th, 1965, on NBC, debuted Days of Our Lives. Wow. Like sands through the hourglass. Those are the
1: days of our lives. I was in eighth grade. Oh, middle Mm -hmm. school. Babs graduated from high school. Oh, man. Yeah.
0: Going to to college in 65 compared to going to college in 70. (laughs) Somebody got a raw deal. (laughs) It it wasn't a five-year
1: difference. It was a decade's difference. Okay. Christine, any nerd alerts? No, I have none. Uh, So we are to reheatables,
0: negative. I'm sorry. I didn't do the films. Oh, no. Go back. The the top five films. Number five was Rat Race. Four was Those Magnificent Machines. Number three was Thunderball. Number two was Dr. Zhivago. And the number one film of 1965 was The Sound of Music. And the Academy Awards, the nominees for Best Picture were A Thousand Clowns, Ship of Fools, Dr. Zhivago, Darling, and the winner the sound of music
1: sound of music did you see Saturday night live last night and their parody oh not yet that's worth checking out okay kind of cute okay so we're to negative reheatables and um i always just step on everybody else so i'm gonna let christine start with her negatives
2: okay well my negatives there's a lot of fat shaming
1: oh there's a lot of everything there's a lot of
2: words use fatso dumbbell pig yes i mean all over the place um she oh (laughs) she tells him how she went blind and gordon's like "Mm, that sucks well gotta go bye yeah
1: uh he had to process it was a lot to process but then he's going you think you have it rough
2: (laughs) (laughs) it's it's getting dark Uh, yeah well i I don't know she i'd say she has it pretty rough Mm. like not to compare but she has it pretty fucking bad
1: she uh totally agree.
2: She was raped and got acid thrown in her eyes and her eyes to make her blind. (laughs) Yes, you're right you're
0: right uh, yeah but he's still a black man in america i'm gonna yeah, like yeah. that's the level though you gotta go to the in a acid. park
1: with a white woman and it's getting dark Bye bye you know
0: what's he spo- hey,
2: but she got acid thrown in her face and she was raped what What are you looking at me for like, <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna say neither one of them had it he definitely she didn't he definitely didn't have it they didn't have it worse they're even playing field now okay am
0: <laughs> not
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to say that being raped and acid in the eyes is uh, not yeah. a big thing.
1: No, that's, um, that's, a, a, that's a significant emotional event.
2: She needed glasses to be pretty.
1: Yes. Even Gordon said. Which I think well, had the
2: opposite effect, but.
1: Uh, yeah. Oh, now you're pretty. You were pretty before because I see inside how yeah. lovely you are. And but plus he- a couple scars on your eyelids.
0: Come on. But I think that he did that for her because she, he, she felt insecure. Yeah. So by giving her something physical that she has, then, then, oh, now I'm pretty. So it was just, uh, he, like, he recognized, at least that's the way that I took it was, oh, I'm going to just give her these glasses and then she'll feel. This
1: is going to help her mm -hmm. feel acceptable.
0: Also, also then, you know, us, we don't have to look at her weird eyes. Oh my gosh. What? It's true. They were a
1: little. Oh, they, what? Yeah. Who am I? You guys are being very hateful to this girl. <laughs> I know. I okay. Well, no, I I apologize.
2: I, I, I have apologize. A more hate
1: to, to shine on her, but it's
0: okay. We're gonna move on. You're gonna shine more hate. Okay. I like um, her glasses. I thought they. I thought she looked really cool in those those glasses. But I I understand the problematicness of here.
1: Right. You need you know. glasses to, yeah, yeah. Let's cover up the scars, and then you're mm-hmm. beautiful. Now that's superficial, but people who are empathetic, I guess, being one who isn't, um, uh, will will go. Okay, that's that's for her. That's for her to feel um good about herself. So I got it.
2: Uh, I thought he was a mar- in marketing because he kept talking about going marketing. He was like, I gotta do my marketing. And I was Oh, like, that's so oh,
1: funny. I gotta mm-hmm. have a career in
2: marketing if that's what it was, just grocery shopping.
1: Yeah, I gotta go bodega eating.
2: Yeah, he had to go to the grocery store. He hadn't just yeah. grocery shopping. Right. He just going shopping. It wasn't marketing. But I guess it makes sense. He was going to the market. Yeah, mm-hmm. marketing. And then I didn't do any research on this, and I meant to. But the phrase deaf and dumb. Yeah, I wrote it down.
1: Yeah. Okay. That was when I was coming up. That was how you described a person who was mute, yeah. dumb. They didn't speak, so they were dumb. How was that ever acceptable? How was that ever okay? Because they only yeah. said it about Helen Keller. She was blind, deaf, and dumb. Yep. It wasn't until I'm going to say I was out of college that people started saying mute. Hmm. Yeah, that's well, but
0: that. That just shows, it's the, like, old Paul being, like, green It's green, stupid. It's like, no, you're the stupid one. Like, deaf and dumb, the people who came up with that, they just wanted like, oh, deaf, and what's something that sounds easy for me to say? Because deaf and mute, it is easier to say deaf and dumb. It does roll off the tongue. It's wrong and abhorrent, but that shows that the people who that's like it caught on because (laughs) we're the dumb ones. (laughs) Exactly. It's a step up on that ladder. At least I'm not dumb. Uh, Those are my negatives. Agreed. Erin. I have i kind of alluded to it earlier and i couldn't find anything about it did they recast somebody or was that elizabeth hartman in the daydream sequence where she imagines herself because she does look different but i i don't know they just made i think they just did her up oh see, just in line with those western beauty standards exactly that first day I thought about it. it just, these are my negative reheatables in chronological order. As watching the film, I was like, "Wait, she didn't have to go to the bathroom that whole day. Where did or did she? She did. That was the whole. Yeah. Well, then the next
2: day when she didn't drink the pineapple juice.
0: Yeah. And then he was like, "Oh, okay. But that the first day, she did. She didn't. She drank she all that pineapple entire day. She mm-hmm. sat there. You had to go." then yeah the next day but then this is on my negative reheatables because i thought it was really creepy the way that he was whispering to her about the little girl's room and and like you know that was
2: creepy right it was
0: creepy yeah it was really creepy which brings me into my next negative reheatable of um not calling things what they are Yes. And I, I think that's yes. kind of like the Hayes Code oh, because yeah. she says how she wished that she had never been done over. And yes. I'm like, you were raped. Like yes. Let's call yes. it what it is. Yeah. Why can't... I was going to say call a space. <laughs> to say at this point in
1: time. I, I recognize. See? Yes. didn't edit enough,
0: but I recognize. But that's just that whole thing and and the it goes into how teeny didn't realize that the mother was a sex worker
1: because it's just i didn't realize it at first i thought mom was just having fun over there
0: in that other bed i
1: didn't until the end
0: oh i knew what was up when she got blind and she's telling the story of of like the her dad comes in and was with and i was like oh that woman is she's really putting in the work okay um do you all think that gordon was in love with selena romantically i was well okay not at first here
2: is the thing is i thought that she was like high school age at first i didn't realize she was older like an adult So I feel like
1: mentally she was high school age because she had yeah, and I feel like at
2: first he was like, "Oh, you're too young." Yeah, I'm not. You like you're like a girl, and maybe as he got to know her, he was like, "I guess you're woman enough." Oh, 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 and
1: also, um, lots of lots of things are floating around right now, but like he saw that she was falling for him as you would anyone who was finally kind to you. Um, and so he's not going to burst that bubble. Cause she needs all the confidence she can get. Cause he's trying to arrange for her to go to a school and, and learn stuff. Um, I felt like he was, he genuinely cared about her, mm-hmm, but yeah. not that he was romantically attractive.
0: Yeah. I just wanted them to be friends. Yeah. 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 I I thought so. I thought it was very easy that she would be in love with him romantically but that he um and would, when he was hear more about it he he would just had that, that that he wanted to protect her and right. sort of like almost be sort of more of a brother brotherly like a platonic like a non-sexual love but then that kind of goes into the whole casting about like Sydney Portier not being able to be a sexual black man. Well, also, that's true. You that's know? true. But in this instance it was kind of um, uh, like because she was childlike and he does tell her you need to go and meet different people and experience different things because I do think mm-hmm. that she was that childlikeness was yeah. kind of like, yeah, I can't yeah, he was like, "You're getting a little clingy." Yeah, yeah,
1: but he didn't want to. He didn't want to be harsh, and because she, she couldn't take any rejection. Yeah, she didn't have point. any yeah.
0: friends. I mean, right. she had nothing. Um, and then my final negative reheatable is the term. I don't see color, because mm. you just oh, there's so yeah. many like well-meaning people who and usually unless
2: it's... you're actually blind. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, um as much as you guys
1: hate that I watch The Housewives that I did come that. that did come up on the Housewives Aaron hates it. And somebody said that to one of the black housewives and she said then you don't see me. The, it was it Ebony yeah. K Williams? Probably I do love mm-hmm. Ebony.
0: Because it is it is a phrase that is um, it, I was reading this article and this writer, Jeremy Helger, he said that quote, like when people would say that to him, he takes it to mean that you're, it's like a coded language of saying the best black person is the one who can pass for white in the dark. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: And it what wasn't Ebony
0: K. Williams.
1: It was, um, Garcelle on oh. the Real Housewives because Kathy Hilton said she learned that phrase from Michael Jackson.
0: Uh, okay, I mean, but that's like you I want mean. to be careful. You want to tread lightly about where you're <laughs> getting your things from. Right. I like exactly. You know, I I would I would uh, advise that. Uh, what does Isabel Wilkerson think? Yes. You can go into James Baldwin, but um, let's not get our racial cues from a man whose skin and features all became very western european stylized i'm just saying because he felt that that was what beauty Beca- was and because that's, because that's what the world has told that. him exactly. Yes, exactly exactly um he also this arthur jeremy helliger also said that he um took that to be be grateful we think you're one of us and it really that term i don't see color it makes it so that um I mean, this per- another person, I didn't get their name of the article I was reading about, but talked about, like, in light, black is all color. Like, a lot of people do you think that black, know. but in terms of, of light and stuff, that black is all color, and white is the absence That's of color. The, yeah. So, yeah. when you say that you don't see color, it can be oh. put into that white is the norm, therefore the default. Um, And so... It was just very interesting because then I got into, like, you know, the relationship with Selena and Gordon, and in this one respect, Selena does have a privilege of being blind and, oh, yes, we can be together and I can see who you really are, but she only sees, like true she sees a a side of him but she doesn't see his full side because the full side of Gordon his favorite word is tolerance because she doesn't see the looks that the two women in the park are giving them and she doesn't see the the microaggressions and the slights and stuff that he has to deal with on a daily basis and so it is like she isn't seeing all of him and it's also it also just like puts um Uh, for lack of a better term it whitewashes the whole history of mm-hmm. what other ethnicities go through what other minorities go through and stuff to say that you don't see color so if you see somebody who's Asian you don't you know like it, it doesn't make sense we don't do that with food you know it's it's just like it I don't know I just remember being a really little kid and it always bothering me the I don't see color thing because I'm like but wh- why your t- colors are so beautiful mm-hmm. Like how is that possible that you don't see color? Yeah, how are people blind and but but then but then people use that as a like oh I can't be racist and stuff and right I somebody else said that like racism isn't what was I reading it was that it isn't racist to have racist thoughts it's racist not to to do like what you did with a spade a spade you know like you that came up in your head and you're like well wait a second is like what is that like it just comes off of my tongue but is that something that needs to be examined and mm-hmm. that's what um like then that's not being racist you know what i mean but have like you know you can like taking somebody in and saying like oh that that's that but then it, you go the extra step further of then seeing the world maybe through their eyes or what they're going through and maybe listening You know, not like, oh, I don't see every, but we're all the same. We're not, like, it's very easy for some people to say we are all the same. Those are usually the people with the privilege. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, mine
1: were, um, I did it in order of the movie as well. Intolerance, rape, deaf Mm -hmm. and dumb. Not asking Selena if she wanted to go to school. I mean, he knew it was best for her,
0: but still. Well, at that point, though, I mean, Selena was going to be pimped out by her mother and Sadie. Like, oh, yeah, that was when they were moving and leaving Pa's house. That's what because that was something that I completely missed until I got to like the uh, reading a synopsis where I was like, oh, wait. Oh, wow. So at that point, yeah, he's like, no, you're getting out of this situation. It would have been nice to talk to her about it and and the reasons
1: why she needed to go to school and how that was all going to help her. Because she was blind to the fact that she was in love with this man and didn't want to leave him. He was the first person who'd ever been nice Mm -hmm. to her. So his only competition was Mr. Faber, Faber, <laughs> and uh, her voice—was she like trying to be extra young? Do you think?
2: Maybe that's why I was, thought
1: she was so young. Her voice was kind of
0: irritating. Young, yeah. Irritating. And my other yeah, dog You had to put some bass in your voice, or else you would be accused of whining in our house. <laughs> And Need everybody talk. listening talk. goes, you're serious?
1: That that whiny voice we hear coming through this microphone every week is okay.
0: Oh, you had to, may, may I please have some apple juice? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, Again, the whole, and maybe this was one of the first ones where a black person has to come and save a white person.
0: Oh, I'm going to go no, out yeah. on a limb and be like, this isn't okay. the first time, but, <laughs> but yeah. The, the, what do they call the... Isn't there a term? Well, at least he didn't have magical powers. Well, <laughs> Didn't he? I know, but then. Oh, <laughs> wait, wait, I might need to take that back.
1: Do you remember how charming he was? Oh, okay. I'm sorry she couldn't see him. That's all I have to say. We're to positive reheatables now. Teeny?
2: Well, the um, name Scum Dog for a dog. <laughs> Great positive hero. That was the name in the book, too. I did read that. Gumdog. The people in the park not falling for Mrs. Darcy's bullshit. Oh, yeah.
1: Yes, that was. Yeah. Because they were
2: like, just
1: smooth. go away. Even in 65, I mean, what well, was Los Angeles? If that were Cincinnati, I'm thinking the people in the park would have been with her. Well, even today,
0: I'm kind of like, it's a toss up 50 yeah. 50. Yeah. I mean, because th- she was a young girl, that's a young black man, and that's a woman saying that she's the mother. Yeah. I, I mean, that's yeah. how bad your vibes have to be as a woman. As a, like, you know, like mm-hmm. she's came in with that many bad vibes that all those white people were like, yeah, go with the black man. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, that's true. Um,
2: and then pineapple juice, mm. especially mixed like vodka soda with a little bit of pineapple juice. Good, is my Vegas drink.
0: Oh, that is a, a great Vegas drink. Put it with a little bit of Coco Lopez and mm-hmm. have a nice. Do you like pina hmm. And
2: then, um, grocery store etiquette. I like that he was teaching her grocery store etiquette. Mm-hmm. Mm. Excuse me, marketing etiquette. <laughs> yes, marketing. Um, however, today, as I was marketing, I was getting tomatillos and the ones on the top weren't the best ones. Sometimes you got to pick from the bottom, but then they started falling like they were falling for her.
1: Oh. And there's like
2: a lot of, I mean, they didn't really get into a lot of grocery store etiquette, but I imagine he would have taught her like, you, re- you just walk up the aisles.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You don't keep turning directions, and you know I I don't know, it's just the it's thing people don't learn these days, you know. Right. Stay on your own side. Don't
1: leave your cart in the middle of the aisle. Mm. Yeah. Um.
2: And those are my positives.
1: Okay. Uh, so again, I was doing it in order of the film. So kindness was my first one. I mean, she's there. And um, was she asking for help at that point when he first came up to her? Yes, because she had the the creepy crawly down her back. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so she was saying, can anybody help me? And I understand, like, not, not going to help that person because at this point, who knows what you're going to encounter in the park with somebody going, help, help. There's something down my back, but yeah. kindness. He, he stepped up and went, here's somebody in need. I'm going to help her. Even though my helping her could turn out to be bad for me. She needs help. I'm going to help her. Um, when he stopped all the oranges from falling now, come uh, on, yeah, that was I great. Had that. that was great. Yeah. And he can sing too. When he sang to the music box, yeah, he's Sydney Portier. Well, I don't, I didn't get to see Porky and Bess, so, <laughs> um, and I liked that it was in black and white. I thought that was a that was a really good choice for this film. The
0: director wanted it to be in black and white,
1: even though color was available. Hmm. Okay. Anybody else have any that they
0: forgot? I I have. So in my native reheatable, remember I was very mad at old Paul saying, "Green is green, stupid." Uh-huh. And so I was like, well, "How would she ever know?" And then we find out that she lost her sight at five. So uh-huh. then I'm like, "Well, I guess she would know what green is." But then I thought, well, I doubt that she was enrolled in a pre-K program. There you go. Exactly. So she didn't know her
1: colors yet. Yeah,
0: back to the, uh, what is it, socioeconomic things, the war on poverty that LBJ is trying to, Mm -hmm. to fight. But it just, imagine what would have happened if all that money that went over to Vietnam and lined so many people's pockets was used to end, to really end poverty, where would we be? Ah, man. Um, I, I wonder, is that
1: the, I know it happened to an extent all the time, but I feel like Vietnam was really when, People became began getting rich off of wars. Individuals. Well,
0: it remember Dwight D. Eisenhower when he was leaving office. He warned the American people of the military industrial complex, mm-hmm. and this was coming the words coming from, uh, the highest ranking. five star general. Yeah, like in six, the Army. Seven, eight star. I know it doesn't exist, but that's how high up Dwight D. Well, Eisenhower was. Well, five star general. And president. And president. Night. So, so yeah. yeah, tack on another star for that. Um, like he was warning it. And mm-hmm. yeah, people made so much money off of that. It's crazy. To this day. Halliburton. <laughs> to this day. Um the scene in the, the grocery store, I'm sorry, when they're marketing and selena they're getting the the dish soap and selena says all the slogans for the dish Mm -hmm. soap and then he gets he gets to the last one and she's like i don't know that one and gordon says uh that's the one for washing dishes that's what we want and so he picks that one because it didn't have a slogan it was on the radio so they weren't paying money for all the advertising so i thought that was very interesting Mm -hmm. interesting comment um, the camera work and in, in the flashback scenes, um, especially in the rape scene. Mm-hmm. like it was it was just so very effective what was done, and from her point of view, and it I was just it was so uncomfortable to watch and you think versus something that would be shot now because there's no haze code it would be very graphic and it would still be hard to watch. But this, it was kind of like with Psycho, like the not seeing it made it, you know, and it's it's just flashes and you just see the guy's face and it's just like, oh my gosh, that was just a scene that will just stick with you or you're just like, no, you weren't done over, you were raped. But maybe, I don't know, because the way that she was able to process it, maybe... Maybe, like, that was a blessing. It's, but it seemed like maybe she was probably in like denial over that, or I I don't know. But wow, that's a lot. Um, yes, yes. So, that was an example of because of the Hayes Code. I think it went into more like you know, the filmmaking had to be more subtle, especially cerebral, yeah, and especially with like the mother and her, um. Uh, sex work, how that had to, to yeah. You had to read around the lines and stuff for that. Because in the beginning, I thought she was
1: just bringing extra men in. You know, the, yeah, the military wife whose husband is uh is out. You know, doing his military thing. So she's lonely in the it, and with her, the only way she could get um fulfillment was. By thinking she was still attractive enough to get someone in the sack with her, but then it, it, later it became when she and the and the friend were trying to move in together and establish one of those establishments. That's when it became, oh, that was
0: she was it, she uh, was earning
1: some extra money.
0: Yeah, and when Sadie gives her that look, gives uh, Selena mm-hmm. that look of like, oh. So it was made like that Sadie was getting old and Selena walks in and she's like, Oh yeah. And that's when like the lights go, but it's all, it's all said you have to be paying attention. You know, it's not all like, Oh yeah, you're young. I'm going to open up, uh, lay a red light. I don't know, a house of ill repute and you're going to be our star attraction. You know, like it's right. Come right out and say that. Um, which brings me to how I really got caught up in the story. It, like when you hear about it, or maybe hearing us talk about it. Oh, she's a blind woman, and he befriends her. It sounds kind of corny. Even the director thought it sounded really corny. And yeah. then he read the book, and he got swept up into it. Um, and yeah, I got I got swept up into there. Like, what's gonna happen? What's going on? What's gonna happen next? I thought that the film threw by like just just flew by. And really, I mean, Sydney <laughs> Portier doing what a—that's that, what a movie star does. Mm-hmm. It could have been really corny. It could have, mm-hmm. but they were everybody in this movie was fantastic acting wise. And this is one of those times where I'm watching Sydney Portier, and honestly, I would have watched that man read a phone book. Oh my God! Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I mean just yeah. hands down just listen to listen to him and watch him and like that is a movie star so those are my good reheatables outstanding so we are two
1: quotables mm mm-hmm. um when when old pa they call him old Pa cause he's grandpa says to Selena, blind Selena. Have you seen my specs anywhere?
2: Yeah, they did a lot of, uh, have you seen, or... mm-hmm. but
1: I have to tell you, it's really hard because, um, one of my best teaching buddies had a blind girl in her class one year. And, you know, we all, as teachers, we always say, look up here. Look, um, mm-hmm you know, look eyes, me, up front. eyes in front and she had to completely change all that wording as it went along, which is sort of what we all need to do. Like me yeah. as, as a 70 year old saying, you know, uh, calling a spade a spade or what you, you have to edit yourself. And she had to edit herself all the time. And of course those people were not going to edit themselves because that would be empathetic. To do for this blind girl, and Mm -hmm. they were they're carrying on their life, and she needs to serve them. So, well, it's ableism.
0: It's most of us have all of these things, so you need to follow in line. In you know, and that's just no. They change and evolve. It's like with the like pronouns and stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, like I I've had it drilled into me that they and them. In the you know the speech and the language and so it is it, it it's like jarring to me but it that's because it's on me it's up to me right. to, to 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 change that and to be like no this it's different now we need to work on making it so that it, it, it I'm not like that's a grammatical error no it's not ease it out um, when
1: Sydney Poitier gave her the sunglasses and said. Now you're a very pretty girl. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um I liked when Shelly Winter said, "I'm sticking to Coke today, kind of keeps me cleaned out
2: for the week."
0: Yeah, She said that, right? I had to go back. I was like, "Did she say I'm 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 sticking to Coke?" Like she she said sure like Coke and then she said cleaned me out. I'm like, uh, "I fe- oh my gosh. No wonder. She had a Coke habit that she had to keep up." <laughs> Yeah, she's she's uh she's doing a hustling on the side. I thought she was talking about Coca-Cola. Oh
2: I thought I she was talking about cocaine. Was. I know. Well, I thought it was like a double entendre. Oh
0: probably. like it a probably haze Coke was. kind of thing. Exactly because Coke doesn't like Coca-Cola classic doesn't make you poop, but I've heard that uh cocaine does cocaine does.
1: Well, now in the beginning, Coca-Cola had cocaine in it.
0: Uh, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. No. So, oh yeah. Oh. So, so there was that. I just, I just thought that she was like, yeah, I'm sticking the coke, like she's sticking to the cocaine. Wow. Okay, and my last one is when
1: the brother says to to Gordon, "You plan on educating a white girl? Man, that's there. That's not your job." Let old whitey educate its own women. We've been, gi- they've been giving us nothing but a hard time.
0: Yeah, that's I'd probably be the brother. I was like, yeah, that's me. I'm Mark. <laughs> yeah. not a lot of empathy there. No, I I have empathy. Like I'm not, put it, like, to a point. <laughs> you know. There, yeah. There comes there, a time there co- when there comes a, there comes a point. Other quotables. Um, I
2: have who's been guzzling my gin? I Lost. knew there was a slug or two left in there. And,
1: and I thought, oh no, she already drank that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I knew though, but she gets the bottle. And I'm like, all right, what's it gonna be? Is it gonna be vodka? Like what kind of clear? And I'm like, that's gin. She is a gin woman. Um
2: When she's stringing her necklaces or her beads or whatever, Gordon comes up and says, and he said, You like this kind of work? And Selena says, Nobody likes work, do they? Mm. At least you knew that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going out to get plastered. I don't know who said that, but. Oh, it was Old Pa.
1: Um... Oh,
2: yeah, Old Pa. Well, old
1: Paula did get blastered.
2: And then uh, I had some of the ones that you had. So that's all the ones that I.
0: I had a lot, but I also had um, when Selena says this to uh, Gordon, you sound like the radio. Ah. And then in real life, Cindy Portier, because he came from the Bahamas and he listened to yeah. the radio and would repeat the radio to lose his bohemian. Is that what it is? By by bah, yeah, bohemian accent, mm-hmm. his Caribbean accent. Because when he first got
1: here, people told him go back. Nothing's happening for you here.
0: Thank God he didn't listen. Oh, the whole reason we have Cindy Potier is out of, like, out of spite, because he he came to America and it's important. There's an excellent um on Fresh Air with NPR with Terry mm-hmm. Gross, an excellent. Uh, interview with him from 2000 that was on and the daily also did a uh, remembering Sidney Portier with the super talented, awesome Wesley Morris this week. So look those up. But he, he says his whole career, cause he was like 15, he left the Bahamas. And when he was in the Bahamas at 15, he didn't, he wasn't, a, his first 15 years of life, he didn't have that Western European idealized thing of beauty. He was just around black people, uh, you know, and he was just like, black is beautiful. He had a whole self-confidence. He didn't have this whole crushing <laughs> white supremacy on his shoulders and stuff. And he came to, he went to Florida and he hated it. And we almost didn't get Sidney Portier because he, one of his first jobs was delivering uh, pharmacies from a drugstore he went he was like, you know, 15 knocked on a lady's front door with her, uh, you know, her delivery. And she was like, get to the back, get to the back. And he was like, well, you know, why I'm here, here's your package. And she was just like, get to the back, get to the back. And he was like, what? And so he just put the package on the ground and left. And then he went about his day and stuff. And when he came home, The lights of his house because he was with his brother and sister in law. Everything was dark. He gets in the door and his sister in law just yanks him down to the ground and is like, shh. And the whole family is down on the ground because the clan had come to the house looking for him. Oh my God. Yeah, we came real close to not having a Sydney Poitier. Real close. And so then.
1: Fucking KKK.
0: Mm hmm. And so then he was like, he couldn't stand the segregation. Uh you know of the south so he had heard about harlem and he goes up to new york and he didn't really know how to read that well he could read enough to read like help wanted and stuff and so he goes to the theater and he's trying to to read a play and he can't read and the guy was like get out of here what you know what are you doing and stuff and he was like go be a dishwasher and he was like this how did i didn't even say anything and this motherfucker thinks that i'm a dishwasher and so he came back and he was just out of spite to be like, no. And he worked out a thing where he was going to be the janitor because the theater didn't have like a janitor mm-hmm. and then just like worked his way up just out of sheer spite. And that's what, that, you know, I, I think that, that that that's like says a lot because one, we got super lucky because America, almost America, it's way out of Portier. Wow. And two, I think it's important how he he didn't have a fear of white people, of being around white people yeah. or anything, and so that's why he could be who he needed to be. Uh, and so, and then my other quotable is um, when he says "beautiful." Most people say the opposite because when she was feeling his face, because you know, I mean, black is beautiful, but that's not what. He, I mean, it's only 2020, and we're now saying it, you know. I mean, James Brown tried, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Okay,
1: uh, everybody has done their quotables, so n- mm-hmm. now we are going
0: to go to LVPs. Aaron, your LVP. My LVP, my LVP honorable mention is Sadie, because Sadie just sucked when she just came in for one scene. Yeah, she did. Yeah. You just feel suck. But my real LVP is Roseanne, the mom, Shelly Winters.
2: Yeah, mine too. Uh,
0: hurt people, hurt people. Like, but uh, yeah. that's the that's the reason. It's not the excuse. She, she I mean, like Gordon found like okay, I understand that. It just goes into how. I I know that I know that she she was a victim herself, but she has like and I'm sure she has a whole bunch of guilt over blinding her own daughter, throwing acid in her face and then having her daughter be raped on her watch. A lot of a lot of trauma there. But the solution is to then just keep her locked inside and working and being the maid. I mean, Gordon found a place for her her own mother couldn't and then her own mother's gonna like double down and start and is fine with pimping her out because uh, because
1: it was making her mother's life easier she the the house was cleaned the food was ready then then she was gonna i mean once her mother finished with her day job she had to come in. She wanted her dinner ready so she could continue with her night job. We needed energy. Yeah, and so um, it was working in her favor to keep her there and secluded and nobody yeah, knew.
0: That's, that's your daughter.
1: That's how I am. I don't understand it, but I mean you were
0: a wreck when you burned my brother's face with the <laughs> so can you imagine if you blinded oh him? God. And then with the a cookie tin right
1: across his cheek. No, no scar. Thank God. Thank God there was no scar. Okay, uh, Christine, LVP.
2: I have the same. She For was am, the
1: worst.
0: Bitch, she was terrible. Well, she Mine... Like... Go on the fuck boy, Walter. Oh yeah, you know. You know? Oh. We're gonna need yeah. to write down.
1: Uh, my LVP is toxic narcissists. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Little up close and personal. MVPs though.
2: I have Gordon i mean mine is just sydney poitier yeah i put sydney poitier at first but i specified gordon okay M- mine is One charming
1: sydney poitier Uh-oh. i mean when he was you know it wasn't just sydney poitier but then he turned on the charm and it was charming
2: sydney poitier
0: why was yours gordon
2: I thought he was just a good guy. Yeah. 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 Like he wasn't trying to get anything out of her. He just yeah, he didn't even want the he wasn't even trying to romance her. That's what I kind of like that. He wasn't really into her romantically. He exactly. was just trying to help help another person out who needed it. He saw somebody, what was that? Who is that? Mr. Rogers always says that.
1: Yeah, the helpers.
2: Look, look for the helpers. Yeah. Like he's one of the helpers.
0: Yeah. Yep, he yep. was. And the more that he learned about her story, the more empathetic he got, and the more he was like, Okay, I need to get her. This yeah. is a really bad situation. It <laughs> just got like I thought she was just blind and had a bug. Now I'm doing the beat and then now I'm hearing all this. Now stuff. she's never oh heard of Braille. God. Like, what right.
2: Where
1: is she going? Right. And I, I I think he was like overwhelmed with, Oh man, this is more than just helping somebody with a bug down their blouse. You know. Yeah. Uh, okay,
0: recasting. Okay, I did mine. I called it uh, "What Is Time Recasting" because <laughs> because old pa, I cast as Charlie Day in the year 2045. <laughs> Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, okay. So in the future, when he's like that age, I was like, he would be a perfect old paw. Um, and then for Roseanne, the mother, I put Rebel Wilson. When, when Whenever she's ready to take on such a role, to, to show her dramatic chops, I thought that she would really could nail it. I'm sure she could. Um, and then for Selena, there's an actress named Marilee... Talkington, and they are a legally blind actress um but although most of the roles that she's played in she's other they've played sighted characters so oh. i thought that that would be good and then for gordon because this is kind of made me kind of made me sad and kind of bummed me out but when i uh i think that was why his loss was so, so profound chadwick boseman because he he was uh, really had the Portier kind of like that charm of uh, that that charisma. And he was really building yeah, something yeah. where I was like, oh man, it did. When I was watching it, I was just like, oh man, Chadwick Boseman, man, he he just had all of these qualities, you know, of like not to say the next Portier, but to like pick up the like you know to take the baton in the race and like keep going and i'm yeah. sure there's other people out there but he had just you know built up that career and it was kind of really excited to see where his career was going to go and take off and now that's all wrapped up and done right i was thinking originally of gordon being
1: uh, michael be jo- Michael B. Jordan B.
2: Mm-hmm. B?
1: Mm-hmm. because he's so charming. But I thought,
2: I, gonna say, I thought you were gonna say Michael J. Fox for a minute, and I was like, that's an interesting choice. You know what? That, but well, <laughs> that would be kind of cool. It would be. I thought you were gonna go that Gordon is white, and the rest of the class is black.
1: I took really it in different a different movie. In
0: a different mm-hmm. direction, I. Well, Go ahead, Erin. Well, because I was doing like this thing with um Sydney Portier and how like, you know, he couldn't really have a love uh, a love life or like, you know, basically we got robbed of seeing a love story where he was opposite. Can you imagine opposite Cecily Tyson? So, like what if um mm. you know, Selena is Cecily Tyson? you know, and it's didn't even, or Ruby D. Cause I think they were together and raising in the sun, but that was like, you know, wasn't, yeah. wasn't like chemistry, no. fall in love kind no, of thing. It wasn't. So,
1: that was survival.
0: Yeah. it just would have been interesting if like, what if this was not an, and then it kind of gets into like, Oh, well she does. The, I mean, she would know that she was black because even though she would be blind, she would know, you know, like America would have let her know that what the deal was. Yes. Right? Yeah, she would have known.
1: Yeah, her first trip to the park, she would have gone,
0: what's
1: what's wrong with me? Um, I took it in a different direction. I took yeah. it as um, okay, so my Roseanne, the mother, is Toussaint Louverture. Uh, ah yes, the woman from she was in Orange Is the New Black, mm-hmm. and she was in something. Else. She always shows up in things, and whenever she does, I'm like yes. Yeah, she could.
0: Yeah, she. She can, like a lot of TV shows. She'll show up as the lawyer or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A strong woman. Yeah. So I did a same sex thing.
1: Mm. Like, um. So Selena is. Uh, okay, so first I went with Skye Jackson because my real choice was Marseille Martin, but she always comes across so harsh. But if she has true acting chops, she could be very vulnerable. Oh, yes. And um, so I'm going to stick with her. I'm mm-hmm. going to go with her. And then my Gordon is Tatiana Ali. From the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Uh-huh, she's grown up. And oh. so she, you know, she comes by and here's this girl going, oh, there's something in my blouse. And she goes and gets it. She's the first nice person ever. And they just start a friendship that then develops into the taboo is it's a same-sex couple <laughs> in the Black community.
0: And that is still a taboo.
1: And if we set it,
0: maybe we can set it then at Christmas time and sell it to Lifetime.
1: Oh, well there then we let's have <laughs> let's have Gordon be Crystal Joy Brown. Yeah. <laughs> Repackage re- re- it. Here you go. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Oh, okay, that's our recasting. I'm gonna assume Christine didn't do one, but every once in a while she surprises us. Sometimes not this week. Understood. <laughs> so my tasty nuggets, we already t- mentioned shelly winters hated this role as a racist but she also saw this role as a really nice role and she did win an academy award
0: and wouldn't you wouldn't there be i would imagine maybe there would be a part of shelly winters where it's like well if i take this role at least i know that the words being spoken are, you know like it's it's at least it pains me to say this instead yeah. of
1: giving the role to someone who actually enjoys saying those words. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had the cutscenes of the kissing in the Southern Theater. Um, Elizabeth Hartman wore opaque contacts back oh, then. That's oh. what made her eyes look odd. Oh. Um, Obviously, she didn't have that the great plastic surgeon that Mac had to sew her eyelids shut. Yeah. Short, so, um, I had that Gordon worked in publishing, and you had him being a journalist. So that's all this in, inclusive. Patty Duke was considered for this, but she had just okay. You guys don't know who Patty? No, Duke I is. do. She, so
0: she she was. W- Yeah, Miracle Worker.
1: Yeah, and so she had played Helen Keller like just a year or two before. Yeah, And her people were like, no, we don't want you typecast as the blind person, so it's too soon. So then there was somebody else um, who you guys probably wouldn't know, Haley... Haley Mills. Haley Mills. Right. Because I mean that she was in a Disney movie. She right, right? Oh, she she like, was very Disney. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like in something that got remade. Mm. I, I, like a um w- it could have been a Herbie. It could have been um, or or maybe it was the one the where she's trap. the twin. Parent yes, track. The parent Trap. Yes. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. So um um, I thought Elizabeth Hartman did a really good job of being a portraying a blind person. I love that you went for an actual blind actress to play the part because mm-hmm. we would love to see more of that. People with actual um, issues. Correct way to say it. I
0: don't love different
1: capabilities. Different capabilities playing themselves in, in roles. So those okay. are my tasty nuggets of us.
2: Well now that you mentioned Haley Mills, just 4 days ago she had her stolen Oscar replaced. Oh. She How won did an, she Oscar an Oscar for Pollyanna in 1960s and it was stolen from her house in the oh. 80s and they just replaced it.
0: Yeah, wow. they just paperwork, the bureaucracy just winding its way through.
2: <laughs>
1: some pawn shop in <laughs> It's right
0: on the um, pawn shop here.
1: My
2: only tasty titty was
0: uh... a <laughs> tasty titty.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that's how
2: I write it in my notebook every week. Change that's a tasty titties. <laughs> I must have missed this. Apparently, I missed a lot. It was called a patch of blue because blue was the color she remembered the most. But we, did we ever
1: hear that? That's why I didn't remember understand. that the
2: sky is blue. Maybe it was just in the book. I didn't
0: either. Yeah, I, like, I didn't about
2: miss to be about a cop. Like I don't know what we're doing.
0: Yeah, so I, I didn't understand I that either. Okay. And could, because and then some things would say like that was the last thing that she remembered, but then she like remembered the whole incident leading up to her being blind. So yeah, that wasn't.
2: Apparently, it was the color she remembered the most, or something.
0: Well, I'm glad she remembered blue
2: instead of... Of blood. red, which was... The, I think it was... Clearly, she didn't remember green.
0: Yeah. Obviously not. Yeah, obviously not. But, uh, yeah. Uh, um, The nominees, the Oscar nominees, uh, she was nominated for Best Actress, mm-hmm. uh, Best Art Direction, Black and White, Best Cinematography, Best Original Score... And like we said, Shelley Winters won Best Supporting Actress. She, this was her second Oscar win because she had won in 1959 for The Diary of Anne Frank. Oh, yeah. She was the bad person mm-hmm. in Diary of Anne Frank. Oh. Um, I have that the book had a lep- less optimistic ending. But I didn't oh. really go into that. Um The filmmakers of this film made a short film called A Cinderella Named Elizabeth about Hartman's selection and selection slash casting. And she was an unknown actress from Youngstown, Ohio, which kind of showed that her screen test and her learning Braille. Um, So it was like. Interesting. This was the most financially successful film of Sydney Poitier's career, apparently. Really? Um, he agreed to a salary cut for ten percent of the earnings, no. and he also helped in the development of the film. And he is kind of behind the more optimistic ending. He was also like horrified when he heard that an unknown had been cast, but then when he worked with her, he was like, yeah. This is great. She is amazing. So gave it a thumbs up. Um, And at this point, he was a major. He was a major, major national star, even in southern cities like Houston, Atlanta, and Charlotte. People love Sydney Portier. Um, and I think that that it's so interesting, like because of his career, and there's been a lot, you know, because of his death, but he managed to carry that pressure of representing a whole like group of people black people who the film industry as we've been over they like to be like it's a monolith and it's so diverse but he had to shoulder all of that which i don't mm-hmm. think that you really understand um the amount of pressure that is on someone like him and like on Regina Hall and Regina King, like you are representing Jackie Robinson. Yeah. And, and exactly. And so that's my point. Like Jackie Robinson, he died in his fifties of a heart attack. And this is why I just like hats off to Sidney Poitier because he, was able to take all of that pressure, and he had pressure on the other side, saying, mm-hmm. calling him an Uncle Tom, exactly. and that he wasn't doing enough. Black enough. Yeah, yeah, and the way, why are you talking like that? Mm-hmm. And and like just getting it from all sides. And yeah, he was ve- he had very strong convictions of, and he knew that wars are fought on all fronts. And he's like, I'm gonna do my part, and this is the part that I'm gonna do. And he wanted to play villains, like he would have loved to have yeah. played villains and other things. Things, but you he couldn't. was just like hi this is this is this is who i gotta be and i love that he lived to be 94 because yeah. it kills so that, like that pressure kills so many people yeah. so early and just the fact that he was just apparently able to just yeah that's fine i'm cool like it never seemed like it got too much for him which i think is great um and Wesley Morris wrote a thing up and he said, Mr. Portier was denied opportunities. We'll never be able to prove he was denied. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's crazy because he was such a huge star and like, yeah, he could have played Cool Hand Luke. Like he mm-hmm. could have, like you go through oh all, my all these God, movies he yes. and just all the things that like he could have done, but you know, we'll never know. Like C- Cicely Tyson and Ruby Dee, how huge big stars that all of that. Um Elizabeth Hartman her nickname was Biff because her sister couldn't pronounce Elizabeth so she <laughs> her sort of like her nickname was Biff. guy guy. Um <laughs> yeah. So she her sister said quote all actresses are probably very par, paranoid. Para, paranoid yak. A okay. paranoid Um, she once said in an interview with the New York times and never accept the fact that they're good you keep thinking nobody wants me I can't get a job that initial success beat me down it spiraled me into a position where I didn't belong I was not ready for that and that was like a quote from her because this was our first movie she got an academy award nomination and Mm -hmm. she also though which at the time I'm, I'm sure people didn't know, but she had a hist- like it, she had depression, but she didn't get uh, diagnosed with it. And after this movie and stuff, she was in other movies, but it really took wow. a toll on her and like the mental illness. And so um, her sister said, "There's so much more to it because after she died, people were like, oh." She took herself out the game because her career went, you know, didn't she didn't do any. She didn't live up to the hype and stuff. And Hollywood takes another life. But her sister said there's so much more to it, she says. Her sister's name is Janet Shoup. She said, that's what's so hard for people to understand about mental illness. It's not always outward. Hartman desperately wanted to resume her career. But in the end, it was just too difficult for her to do so. So I read this article. In the L.A. Times about it, and it was just about like her later years and how like, like she was just like really mentally ill, and mm-hmm. yeah, and so like she just it was just and it was sad. such a
1: taboo to talk about or get
0: help for or to find the right
1: help hmm and she
0: was in and out like she you know they they tried to get her help she was in and out of hospitals and stuff and mm-hmm. and at one point she was working on stage and her sister was like she would be it would it took all of her work for the sister to get her on stage mm-hmm. and as soon as she was on stage she was completely fine and then mm-hmm. when she took that bow she was just like a whole another person and just the, the mental illness it just it she, it, it just ate away at her to the right. point where like she opened the window on the fifth floor and ran out of right. it and it's right. just like wow but everybody said that she was so talented and it, it was just the mental illness that just got right. in her way because she was like I know I don't want to play this role and it was always this 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 thing and it was just like you know and at the time people would be like oh she's just being like temperamental why isn't she taking this part and it's just the like that was like the mental illness that people didn't really notice about until it was Mm -hmm. like whoa and then to end on a happier note my final tasty titty (laughs) as it were i was watching this movie and i busted open Mm, thing of animal crackers, that that Santa Claus and <laughs> Santa Claus me. put in your stocking. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that it was <clears throat> Barnum's animal crackers, <laughs> and I started laughing because I'm like, oh my gosh, we just recorded a whole po- a podcast where I gave PT Barnum the fuck boy of the year award and. Animal crackers. No, like, in his oh my gosh. And I was just like, am I gonna have to give up animal crackers? Because I love them for as, as a nice holiday treat. What? And so I had to look it up. Barnum's Animal Crackers, 1902. They're animal 1902. biscuit crackers. Yeah. By the National Biscuit Company, aka Nabisco. Nabisco, National oh,
1: cool.
0: Biscuit Company. Uh-huh. Never put that together before. Me either. It officially became Barnum's Animal Crackers at, to evoke the circus theme of Barnum & Bailey Circus, but they do not pay a licensing fee to okay. Barnum & well, Bailey Circus. There you go. You can enjoy them. I can enjoy them even more because I know P.T. Barnum would be so mad that he's not getting mm-hmm. licensing fees from Barnum's Animal yeah. Crackers. It, I. It, I, when I saw that I did a little happy dance, I was so happy. I, I went from being, like, real worried and concerned to, like, oh, my gosh, super happy. Um, The small box with the string. So before then, the animal biscuit crackers, they were sold in bulk. But right. then... At one point, and I don't know the year, they started selling them in small boxes and they put them on a string, and that was a Christmas time innovation so that the boxes oh, could be hung up on
2: the tree. On
0: the, and it
2: took well, off Santa really screwed that up, didn't he?
0: Remind <laughs> me of that next chair. <laughs> and it it took off so much that they just kept it like that. Um and it was always the- like a little purse you carried. Uh-huh. And in 2018, they changed to a new design showing the animals freed. And I I didn't even <gasps> oh, notice because yeah. I scarfed
1: them down <laughs> my
0: face. So.
1: Oh, they weren't behind the box because they used to be like in a, a car. And they were a in car. a cage. Yeah. Oh, I love that. hmm So
0: animal crackers. Yeah. Cha-ching. Those are my tasty titties. I do want to
1: say that I f- feel like in a very obscure, removed way, Sydney Poitier helped uh, Poppy and me be able to uh, have a relationship still with my family after, um, um, after I married Poppy, you know, at the, through that whole thing thing because of guess who's coming to dinner, you know, it was like a precursor. And you know, my parents kind of saw it and were like, oh man, you know, but if this is gonna happen, we know which one of the kids is gonna do this. (laughs) So, you know, like the like the seed was planted, but it hadn't maybe germinated yet. But I just thank you, Sydney poitier because you two wouldn't be here with me today if it weren't for him.
0: No, I I think Sydney Portier just believes a fantastic actor and so much fun, and I look forward to seeing all of his movies. Exactly, which brings us to next week.
2: Well, <laughs> I you know I thought about doing another Sydney Portier movie mm-hmm. and just making it Sydney Portier month, but as I was looking, you guys have done. Many of his movies. We have. Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Mm -hmm. uh, Raisin in the Sun. Uptown Mm -hmm. Saturday Night. Mm -hmm. Next Mm -hmm. on my list was going to be A Warm December, which I'd like to do sometime. But it didn't really feel like what I wanted to do next week. So I'm sorry, we're not. No. You did give me a segue with P.T. Barnum. Oh, look at that teamwork! And I was gonna give you an option of which choose your own adventure week. Would you like to choose your own adventure? Or would you like to go off of P.T. Barnum? I want to go where you're going. Okay, we're gonna. You go always where I'm take going. us on a on a path that we aren't expecting. I think it's gonna be a controversial week. Well, oh. that's always fun. Um. This is a short uh, synopsis. It's something in an article I was reading about this film. Scholars of the Great Depression, as well as eugenics, have posited that Browning's work (laughs) unpacks the classism of the United States while actively promoting an anti-eugenics ideology. Regardless of the debate, its depiction of differently abled people murdering Cleopatra, an able-bodied white woman, inarguably demonizes them in an unjust manner. We're going to
0: 1932.
2: <gasps> I think you can still find this
0: film. <laughs> Classic. It's, oh, if happy. not, we'll, if not, we'll just do a warm December. <laughs> I love the movie where we're like, mm, we don't. Uh, good luck. We'll, we'll see.
2: see if I can find anybody who's in
0: it I mean you say eugenics and I'm like oh wow how it's but then it says
2: a circus a circus's beautiful trapeze artist agrees to marry the leader of a sideshow performers but his deformed friends discover she is only marrying him for his inheritance
0: 1932. Oh, Bert Burt
2: Lancaster? Wallace... Is Burt Lancaster in this? Let's see. Wallace Ford. Don't know. Wait, Layla Wallace. Layla Hyams?
0: Wait, is it Wallace Ford in the movie we just did? Yes, Are Wallace it?
2: Ford is old pa. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. You knew that all along, teeny. Oh. <laughs> Olga Baclanova. Roscoe Apes. Henry Victor, Henry Earls, Daisy Earls. This might be fun because this is pre haze Code. Yes, oh. it is. Directed by Todd Browning. Okay, uh, would you like me to tell you? <laughs> uh, who is the music by? I don't know. It's 1932. It's Todd Browning's Freaks
0: oh I've that's heard the name of, of it. it todd Brown freaks yes. Th- yes this this movie has a, a reputation like I, I mean like i've i've heard of it like within film circles and like in film school and stuff and yeah like the the same i think the same kind of people who are um you know like bride of frankenstein and frankenstein mm-hmm. Leave Mm -hmm. it to Christine. Where does she come up with this?
2: They follow the... Freaks follows the story of a budding trapeze artist with a nefarious plan that involves joining a carnival show. Cleopatra intends on seducing a wealthy man with dwarfism named Hans and murder him in order to take his money. But then once the fellow performers discover her ill intent, they create their own plan involving her bodily dismemberment. <laughs> oh, my God! What is? It's not gosh. October. I'm sorry, but we're going there. I love it. And it's only <laughs> one hour and four minutes long. Oh, my God! Yeah, And where can we view it? I don't know about that. I think you can. Uh, I think you could get it on Amazon Prime. It looks like there's an option to rent it. It says 2019, but I think it is. the made in the 30s, you can rent it for $3.99. Uh, you could probably watch it on YouTube.
0: You can rent it on Apple TV. It's on you can rent it. Yeah, you can rent it on Apple. It's there freaks Mm
2: -hmm. okay it was
0: rejected
2: by british
0: censors
2: and banned from 1932 to 1963 due to alarming content oh Oh my my gosh gosh. (laughs)
0: this is awesome
1: that is it's going to be an interesting week people
0: so we're taking a hard
1: turn we are indeed, as we do when Christine picks a movie. Wow, there's going to be a lot to deal with. Yeah, I think so. Excellent. Okay.
2: And I still have my animal crackers saved. So oh, I so can you eat can eat while them while
1: during these. Yeah. Oh, oh, during the mis- dismemberment, hippopotamus.
0: Gone. Oh, I don't even see the uh, the right. animals as I'm just shoveling God. them in my face.
1: <laughs> surprisingly, Santa didn't bring me any. Hmm. Hmm. Weird. Well, listeners, we do hope you enjoyed a patch of blue. And next week, I mean, if you thought this was cringe-inducing,
2: just yeah,
1: sorry. Just wait. Um, wait. A week from today is is um. What what is the date a week from today? The 23rd. Oh, very close to my birthday. Oh yeah, yes, okay, okay. So we're gonna <laughs> have freaks and geeks on my birthday. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll see you next week. There you go.
0: Buh-bye.
1: Bye bye.